This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig on Moose FM. Welcome to the show. Later on, we'll be chatting with Becky Grimsrud, who is the host for the Fort St. John stop on the Elevate Aviation Cross Country Tour, hitting town on March 14th. The nonprofit aims to introduce more women to careers in the aviation industry, so we'll talk all about that and more. But first, Zolo put out an article late last month about BC's most affordable places to live, and Fort St. John ended up ranked second overall and uh, first in our category. So, to chat about the article, we're joined now by the author, Jordan Kay, who checks in with us from Halifax. Jordan, welcome to Moose Talks. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being here. I thought first we'd start with this. Um, Zolo, I'll be honest, uh, and I apologize if this is a little insulting, but I hadn't heard of Zolo before uh, I, I read the article for the first time. So why don't you tell us a bit about what Zolo is, first of all, and kind of what you, you do there? Yeah, absolutely. So Zolo is actually a national real estate marketplace where millions of Canadians go to buy, sell, and learn about real estate. So we have an online platform where you can search for homes. We also have a mobile app where you can do the same. And then also extensive education because our goal is to really educate Canadians on the home buying and selling process. And that was sort of why we conceived of this report with the goal of really educating anyone who's interested in moving to these cities in BC to find out, is this really the right choice for me? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, we have to say that when we put out an article about your article, all about how Fort St. John did and sort of the findings you had in it, um, it it really lit up our social media, definitely. Uh, Just in general, what kind of response have you heard so far to everyone really across the province and across the country reading this? The response has been really great. Uh, We did set out to, like I said, create this educational resource, and we did our best to quantify the affordability of these various cities. We used different factors like housing affordability, but then we also looked at things like unemployment and population growth because just affordability isn't necessarily enough to make a city a place that you actually want to live. Mm -hmm. But although we did our best to quantify it, um, we couldn't take every single variable into consideration. So the response from people who actually live in these cities and the additional insight that they have provided has been really, really interesting uh, to get their perspective on our perspective, essentially. Mm -hmm. Well, I thought we'd take a minute for for people who maybe didn't read the article. Can you tell us a a little bit about, uh, you know, how Fort St. John ranked? As I said, I think uh, we were second overall, really, in the province. And, and, And kind of what the... Sort of the, the the landmarks of the article were that made it so that Fort St. John was in second place. Yeah, absolutely. So we set out to quantify essentially where are the best places for people to move in British Columbia according to several factors. So we looked at, as I mentioned, housing affordability. So that would be home prices. But then we also included average incomes in the area because high home prices paired with low incomes does not make very much affordability. We also looked at features like economic strength. So that includes unemployment rates because we want people who move to 
to these cities to actually be able to have jobs. And then also population growth, because generally a growing city is a good indicator that, you know, people are moving there and it's a desirable place to live. So we broke it down. Um, we, we did the entire list, but then we broke it down into small, medium and large cities just because um, people have preferences. You know, you might want to move to only a large city. So we gave them those options. And Fort St. John actually did come out number one in small cities. And the reason for that is the very moderate house price paired with higher incomes gave them a really strong edge for affordability. Um, the unemployment rate was fairly average for the province. So that didn't really hurt the city that much. And then the um, population growth was steady. So all of these factors together resulted in Fort St. John coming out number one for the best, most affordable small city in British Columbia. And then they actually ranked number two as well in the entire list, which is uh, very different from the report that we put out a few years ago. So there shows that there has been some improvement over the last couple of years as well. Mm -hmm. I think uh, a lot of the commentary was sort of debating exactly what the numbers meant, like like we were talking about on social media. Um, I think in general, we were all like, of course, Fort St. John's affordable. That's why we're all here. And so, and so many people choose to make their lives here because housing prices are fairly low compared to certainly Vancouver and uh, wages are comparatively high. But uh, I wonder about, and you kind of already said this, you couldn't quantify everything, but you know, factors like the price of food and electricity and whatnot, that didn't really factor in like in a specific way to this, I suppose, eh? It did not. So in this particular case, we didn't include, for example, a good measure that could capture that would be the living wage for the various cities. Mm -hmm. And in our responses, that was what came up the most often is that we didn't factor in the cost of food, the cost of gas, etc. Um, taxes tend to be the same across the province, so that's not something that we really need to consider. Mm -hmm. But then moving forward, if we do re renew this port ne report next year, that would be something that we would look at adding in because in the past those were not as big of a concern but with inflation those costs are becoming a real concern for canadians so that is something that we should consider including uh, mm -hmm. in subsequent years uh, i also want to talk a bit about the i, I think the wage or uh, pardon me the uh, income i should say was also something that people was taught we're talking about a lot um, those numbers, where did you draw those? For, like, what was, uh, where did you come up with those numbers specifically? So those are from Statistics Canada mm -hmm. for 2021. And uh, when we looked at housing affordability, we actually looked at both uh, single income wages and then the total income for households. So the stats in the article um, show the total income for households, but we did consider individual wages as well because we recognize that not everybody that moves to a new city is part of a household. Then maybe they are a single person who is looking to buy in, in a small town and mm -hmm. their income, their average income should be also taken into account. Uh, so that's included in the calculations as well in terms of the overall house to price or price to income ratio, I believe. Gotcha. And what about uh, uh, the possibility that, uh, you know, like really high earners, uh, people who, you know, maybe even millionaires who happen to live in Fort St. John, uh, could that have skewed the numbers really at all? Or, or is this still really an accurate way of, of saying this is kind of where we're at? It is accurate because there are some cities 
that it is immediately apparent that the it's a tourist town and there mm-hmm. are some very 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 high earners there and there are some very very low earners as the as a as uh for example the service workers who would support the the tourism industry and those towns ended up faring more poorly because the housing prices were quite high but the income did not increase enough to offset that so they scored poorly because there were multi-million dollar homes and yes there were very wealthy people that were living there but there was a good portion of lower income earners and they would not be able to afford to buy in those specific areas. Mm-hmm. Now you did mention too that um, Fort St. John I, I guess went up in the list uh, from the last time uh, an article like this was done. Um, did anything really surprise you even uh, just about Fort St. John or uh, kind of the province in general when you were compiling this and, and, and were, you, were you kind of taken aback with sort of the changes that happened in, in sort of the ranking? There was quite a bit of shuffling, but there was not any major red flags where that might have indicated, oh, maybe we had our data wrong. So I believe Fort St. John was in the top five last year or maybe two years ago when we published the report and since then has risen to number one for small cities. So generally, that's what we see. You know, there's some shuffling up and down in the numbers. Um, the larger cities like Vancouver and Victoria always rank near the bottom, which is where they should be for affordability. Um, so there was nothing that was really a standout in terms of someone shooting up in the rankings or anything like that. But um, that slow and steady improvement is what we like to see. Absolutely. All right. Well, we really appreciate you taking a few minutes to chat with us about this today, Jordan. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Anytime. All right, that's uh, Jordan Kay uh, with Zolo talking about the article about BC's most affordable places to live. We'll check in with Becky Grimsrud on Elevate Aviation right after this on Moose Talks. Welcome back. I'm Dub Craig. Now we're going to talk a bit about Elevate Aviation. They are stopping in town in mid-March uh, to really encourage women to join in uh, in careers in aviation. So to talk about that, we're joined now by the local host of Elevate Aviation's tour stop here in Fort St. John, Becky Grimsrud. Becky, welcome back to Moose Talks. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for uh, being here today. Uh, first of all, why don't you tell us a bit about this uh, event coming to town with Elevate, uh, Elevate Aviation? So the cross-country tour is an event that Elevate puts on every year. Obviously, it didn't happen for a couple of years with COVID <laughs> and the events surrounding that. But we're happy to have it back this year. And I think they've got quite a few different tour stops all over Canada from uh, the territories to the Maritimes, Southern BC, Northern BC, everywhere in between. So um, quite a few different tour stops. We're happy to have it here in Fort St. John. And it's really just an event to increase awareness that there are careers in aviation for women and um, to just put that little spark in girls that that, uh, targeting about the 12 to 18 year old range to gotcha increase awareness that there are careers in aviation for women why do you think um uh, this is a challenge that getting women involved in aviation i mean you work in aviation you fly helicopters um why do you think that's this is something that needs to happen and and we need to have more women in aviation why is that a struggle you think so elevate has has had um, studies that they've either found the info from or hosted or that kind of thing. And all the research that's been done has basically suggested that the only reason that, 
or one of the main primary reasons that more women aren't in aviation is just lack of awareness. They don't, Mm -hmm. it doesn't occur to them as a young child that, Hey, this is a career that I could choose. They, they see certain things and get steered towards them, but just having that, you know, taking your kids to an air show or seeing a female pilot walking through the airport or that Mm -hmm. kind of thing, it, it gives them this little glimmer of, Hey, I could do that one day. So it's something that, you know, as a woman in aviation, it didn't occur to me to become a pilot when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I was an adult that I even considered it. So, yeah. And if you don't mind me asking about your story a bit, I mean, have you kind of experienced firsthand some of the challenges that come with that is, I don't want to call out the industry a bit, but is it a bit of a kind of a boys club in aviation? Then is it sort of, is it harder for women to just be in and stay in aviation because of that it probably is like it's definitely changing over the years but it's no different than trades or that kind of thing where there's a dominantly male workforce and Mm -hmm. you've got to find your place within that so I think part of that is that some women naturally kind of fit in to those workforces a little easier And as it becomes more inclusive and more diverse, more women who don't naturally fit into those groups would feel a little more included and able to um, try a career in those fields. Mm -hmm. Tell us why, what what are kind of the advantages of of being in aviation then, especially if you're a woman? What's so great about uh, the industry? I can't really speak from a female-centric perspective, (laughs) but I think aviation is a fantastic career for anyone to choose. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of of things that are great about it. Of course, like my office views, you can't beat those. So (laughs) (laughs) it's one of the perks to the job. Absolutely. And then this event, um, I think you said it's kind of targeting kind of middle school or junior high, I should say, and high school kids. So... um, Again, you, you, this is about raising awareness. So this event is really about showing girls that you can be a pilot or work in the aviation industry in a lot of different roles, even if you don't want to be necessarily flying the plane, I suppose. Eh? For sure. Aviation, everyone always just thinks pilot mm-hmm. as the you know obvious career choice. But there's a wide range of different career choices. And we're actually highlighting a few uh, presenters this year that are not pilots, which is kind of interesting. We've got our managing director from the airport, coming out to speak, as well as some flight service specialists who work up in the tower and direct air traffic. Mm -hmm. And then also a Paratac smoke jumper from the Paratac base, which is, you know, it's kind of aviation related, but maybe on the firefighting side. So (laughs) I just thought of that and was like that it would be really cool to have a speaker from that base. So it's just a wide range of different career choices. And then, of course, there's the aircraft maintenance engineers who fix the aircraft of any kind and um, wide range of different other career choices as well so wonderful um and then as part of this is there sort of if people are interested is okay here's where you can get more information or you can go to school for it is there access to that in fort st john or nearby where you can actually you know if you say i want to be in aviation Mm -hmm. You can actually study it. Is that close to home too? So the closest aviation program we have is Northern Lights College has the uh, aircraft maintenance engineer program in Dawson Creek. Okay. So that is a very close by option. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm not sure what the requirements are for some of the, uh, like, you know, becoming managing director of the airport or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I would recommend if there are careers like that for anyone um, that they're interested in, just see if you can find somebody who does that job and just reach out to them and see what the requirements are, how they got into it, that kind of thing. Um, a lot of the other programs are a little further away, like to become a flight service specialist. I think you usually have to travel and do a bit of training out of town. Mm -hmm. And then you would come to um, a smaller community such as Fort St. John to kind of get thrown in there to work with one of the more experienced flight service specialists. Mm -hmm. But really depends on the career. And I mean, that's a lot of adventure that you can have uh, to certainly start and throughout your career, depending on what you want to do. So, mm -hmm. uh, all right. Well, uh, the event coming up March 14th, as I said, which, by the way, is the first stop on the tour, I think I saw. Um, how do people sign up for and, and register for this? What's kind of the, the game plan for those people? Uh, so if you search out Elevate Aviation, it's right on their website um, for registering. But uh, we do have hopefully some school groups coming. So mm -hmm. I would say the easiest way being that it is a school day is probably to try and talk your school into doing a tour okay and then if you are a teacher well i guess you'd be teaching but if you happen to see this video later that's on the uh, moose fm facebook page uh they can reach out and sort of set up a field trip i assume absolutely excellent all right well again it's march 14th the event here with uh elite uh pardon me elevate aviation uh coming to town uh becky thanks so much for taking a few minutes to chat with us about this today absolutely anytime that's uh becky grimsrud again the host for elevate aviation's uh stop here in fort st john uh, thanks again to our guests jordan k and becky grimsrud for joining us today if you'd like to hear this episode again you can check out the energeticcity.ca podcast page you can uh, listen to this and old episodes of moose talks there along with episodes of our other excellent locally produced podcasts including secrets of the north all about true crime in the northeast of bc before the peace all about the indigenous experience and uh, stories uh, of uh, people's uh, from the peace region and of course voices of the peace where ted sloan talks to community members who are uh, really community drivers all about their stories of coming to uh, be here in fort st john what makes them tick? Uh, you can visit energeticcity.ca slash podcasts for your listening pleasure now. Well, that's the show for today. Trey Lopashinsky and Jordan Prentice are the producers of Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. Be well. Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.